If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Uh, welcome, everyone, to the show that comes after Slightly Civil War. This is the part where Yahtzee and I talk about what we actually think about Doom 2016 and Doom Eternal. Right. So as established, I already believe Doom 2016 is better for all the reasons previously said, if slightly less exaggerated. I also think that Doom 2016 is the better of the two games, though... All right. So this is why we have to do the randomly assigned positions thing, people. <laughs> for people who were asking because otherwise we'd just agree on most of this shit it's it's really true i, I mean i i what i will say is a, a lot of the points that i then of course exaggerated i do think uh are positives in the in the bin for doom eternal i think doom eternal has a lot of really good points and they did try to stretch what they did with doom 2016 with eternal and and a lot of that stretching worked in its favor and some of it didn't work yeah I mean, none of, neither of us are saying Doom Eternal is a bad game. Right, right. I think we both agree it's a, it's a very fun game. But you can see the stretch marks. The games that started off, the, your Portal, your Doom 16, the une- those are the unexpected hits, and those will always have the greater impact. And the sequels are always where someone saw the unexpected hit and said, let's try to repeat the success of the unexpected hit, and that's just not going to happen. Right. And, you know, like, there, there's another side of this, which is we're coming in with expectations. Yeah. You know, we we Doom 2016, Portal, your your Stranger Things season one. We didn't know what to expect coming in, and so our expectations were at absolute zero. But now with a sequel, we have with the seagull. This and now with the seagull, one it steals garbage. Two, sometimes they're not even by the sea, so it's a dumb name. I used to steal my cheeseburgers when I went to the seaside as a child. What a bunch of dickheads. Fuck the seagulls. We should probably get back to talking about Doom. Uh, Welcome to Seagull Chat. Fuck you, Doom Eternal, for being a seagull. Mm. I'll tell you one thing I said in the video that I don't actually believe, and that's that the character design was better in Doom 2016. That's true. I think Doom Eternal's character design, while it does feel a little more pandering because it's a lot more like the retro Doom appearances, they have a lot more expression to them. <laughs> uh, I always I always think it's a shame when a monster in a video game is just blank white eyes and teeth on the outside of the mouth. Yeah. That's every like monster, that's every demon. It's the skull face demon, is what I call it. And that has no expression. You can't read anything from that. Like, a lot of Doom 2016 was, like, red skin, red bloated skin, and a slightly gray-red color, yeah. Yeah, and a blank eye and teeth on the outside of the mouth. Mm. And one thing that I think makes uh, the original Doom still popular today is that it's very instantly readable. All the monsters have very readable expressions. That's true, and, you know, Doom Eternal does a really good job, one, adding a ton of color. Yeah. A lot of the demons have bright, popping colors, and two, giving everyone a nice silhouette. You know, you you can tell just by the general shape of something what you need to prepare for for the fight, and I, I did really enjoy that part of Doom Eternal. One exception to that, the fucking Prowlers. 
Which ones are they? I don't know the names of anything. Yeah, the prowlers are the the thing that's an imp, but it's purple and it has different, slightly different behavior. Oh, and sure. uh, you have to use three chainsaw fuel units on it instead of one. And that caught me quite a few times when I'd run up to what I thought was an imp and smash the chainsaw <laughs> button and then just have to impotently pull the chain while getting the shit kicked out of me for a bit. <laughs> just just sitting there with your chainsaw in your hand going, well, this is my life now. <laughs> I was playing Doom 64 since that was like re-released on Windows alongside Doom Eternal. That's right. And that's uh, that redid all the characters uh, as well and... Uh, I get the same thing. They like remove all the expression from the faces. They just look like generic monsters. Yeah, and I, you know, with with Doom twenty sixteen, I wonder if that was kind of you know their learning curve of like, well, we every you know first person shooters are in like a realistic place, and so we want them to be slightly realistic, but still be takes on old Doom creatures. If that's what they were pulling from, I don't think it was that they were more realistic. <laughs> I think they were. I think I'd say they were more stylized. Because mm. if you look at um, the the starting zombies, they've got this weird thing where they've just got no eyes and like a big hole in the middle of their heads. Yeah. And the zombie soldiers have like no recognizable features, and they're like flesh grows into their gun, and that's that's all sort of uh, toned down and made more expressive in Doom Eternal. I wondered what I wondered what the intended artistic expression was there. Well, like I said, I, I think I think many creators, um, thanks thanks in no small part to Christopher Nolan, confuse muted colors with realism. Mm. And so, if something is just generally, um, if you just turn the saturation down, it instantly becomes more realistic because then it looks like a Christopher Nolan movie. And I, I think for a lot of Doom twenty sixteen, their monster design was well. Here's a famous old monster. Let's try to make it look like a zombie and turn the saturation way down. Well, I thought definitely what they were doing with Doom 3, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. They were definitely trying to um, try to present Doom's fiction through a more realistic lens. I, remember, I seem to remember the story of that game ties itself in knots for a while trying to explain why there's chainsaws on Mars. <laughs> it's saying, oh, it got accidentally delivered. Obviously, there's no use for a chainsaw in a facility where there are no trees. I think they did that in the that newest Doom movie, that Doom Annihilation, where it, like it was a box of like, and it, it just said like emergency chainsaw. That was their justification. <laughs> what kind of emergency? Ex- you know, what would you need a chainsaw for? I loved it. I know that chainsaws were originally invented as surgical equipment. Ooh, but uh, they don't. You wouldn't use a lumberjack style chainsaw in this day and age as emergency surgical equipment. You know, we'll see how bad it gets. But well. <laughs> what's wrong with most people these days you can't really solve with a chainsaw that's true that's true so that thing about how the angels are established to be ancient aliens in doom eternal i brought that up because i remember we were talking about that when we were streaming doom eternal and you expressed disappointment the demons demons as a villain uh, it was really hard to argue against your point there because of course i very very much agree but demons as a villain are so perfect they are they are the nazis just easy bad guys yeah they're so uncomplicated yeah right because demons demons from like the christian definition they they don't have families they're not born they don't have mothers yes they're just they they literally exist to be humanity's bugbears. <laughs> they are manifestations of our sins and wrongdoings. 
And that's why there's absolutely no worry about killing them. It's it's beautiful. It's beautiful and simple. Here is the enemy. They are obviously the enemy. Go kill. As soon as you have an alien planet, an alien race, then what if some of them are actually good guys and they got conscripted into the war? What if the Doom guy is really the bad guy all along, which is other just bullshit story writing? (laughs) I think sooner or later, whenever game franchises like run on too long they get bloated and more complicated Mm -hmm. the revolutionary step that brings it back down to success is always making it simpler again (laughs) yeah i feel like that's what they did with dune 2016 originally it's what they did with resident evil 7 arguably resident evil 4 as well where they just strip out all that horrible backstory that was turning into a convoluted mess and just focused on a simple uh, a simple core experience with a small group of characters and the emotions therein sure but then that turns into a an exponentially shortening loop as as anyone who reads comic books knows the the need to hit the refresh button happens faster every time you press it i don't think you need to hit the refresh button you just need to refine things doom eternal's problem is a lack of refinement (laughs) keeps adding all this backstory that as you say sort of messes with the ideal perception of the demons is just fodder. Mm-hmm. And if you if you go into that game and like open a codex page that deals with the history of the Sentinels, it's just a wall of text with random words thrown in and you don't know what the bloody hell it's talking about. <laughs> well, to be fair, a lot of that was in Doom 2016 as well. <laughs> I feel it was easier to ignore in Doom 2016. That's very true. That's very true. <laughs> that was almost the thesis statement of Doom 2016. You start the game, a monitor starts talking at you, the Doom Marine smashes it. Yes. And for most of that game, you could ignore the story as much as you wanted. If you wanted to know the story, you could go to the Codex and there it was. Read it up. Read up on it as much as you like. (laughs) But if you didn't want to be interrupted by it, you didn't have to be. Mm. And Doom Eternals lets it seeps in a lot more. There's there's more cutscenes, more banter from boss monsters before you kill them. There are straight up cutscenes. there are scenes where you cannot murder anything and that in itself was frustrating for from doom eternal's standpoint having a conversation with another slayer i don't need to do this yeah the betrayer who the fuck was that guy who cares <laughs> we'd have to sit around a fire and talk to him for five minutes right it felt like an eternity and the plot never comes back to him i mean if you're gonna establish something at least pay it off 100 percent, and and that bloat that's in the story carries over to the gameplay in in the worst ways it took me longer than i'd care to admit to just get a handle on all of the controls all of the buttons that you need to remember in order to make it through combat is overwhelming yeah there's always, there's always at least one thing i'd be forgetting about like oh i forgot i got grenades i just set fire to a bunch of guys and i'm just trying to pick them all off and then I remember I should have just dropped a grenade on their ass. <laughs> exactly. And then, you know, you 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 deal with your, you know, big headed scorpion tail guy. And, and he's like, why is he messing my world up? Oh, that's right. I'm supposed to hit his one weak point with this one specific weapon. And then he's a lot easier to deal with. But first I need armor. So I need to fire belch those guys. Oh, I'm running out of ammo. OK, I got a chainsaw. Oh, wait, wait. Oh, I, I'm now I'm running out of health. I got to make sure to punch the guy. But if I use my super demon punch or my blood punch that's what it's called then then i won't get as much health but it'll do more damage just all these internal calculations that that makes it insufferable yeah and like i said in the debate 
it's funneling you down a specific kind of strategy each time a specific weapon for each specific monster Mm -hmm. and then there's a couple of gameplay additions that are just really annoying like the purple slime floors (laughs) in a game that encourages you to move as much and as fast as possible taking away that ability should be criminal well it's a fine line we're talking about here because sometimes a game will establish something and let you get reliant on it and then sort of force you to do without it for a bit and that can be a good thing Mm -hmm. but in this case yeah i think the the being able to bunny hop around is too indelible to the core loop it's too much of a lurch agreed agreed It, it, it feels it feels unnecessarily vindictive against you yeah and some of the enemies, the tentacles are pain in the ass. And that one dude with the shield, Marauder, I think they're called. Yeah, the Marauder. Mm. I think there's a lot of agreement that he, that guy is the worst. Because <laughs> I feel like you, once when he's around, you with a lot of enemies, you can just sort of run around spraying and praying. And a lot of them will just die incidentally from explosions and stuff. But that guy you have to specifically focus on. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, I guess like... In general, what I will say, just thinking of combat and thinking about how specific they want you to play that combat, at the end of a fight in Doom Eternal, I did feel more satisfaction. Hmm. When when I did it right, when I was switching weapons, when I nailed that sniper shot on the scorpion guy's tail and got my armor and got my health and made it through a fight, I felt truly accomplished. It's satisfying when it clicks, isn't it? It it is, but it it doesn't carry over from fight to fight. Whereas, like in Doom twenty sixteen, I I would basically use mostly one gun for every arena fight. I I didn't have much incentive to switch guns, and that did get a little monotonous. So I think that is a genuine point in favor of Doom Eternal. But then again, I've never really been fond of the reset attitude. What's that? I mean, it works for some games where after every combat encounter, everything just resets. Oh, sure, sure. Like in Gears of War, all your health comes back, and some games you get all your ammo back, and and you go and you go straight into the next. You go through a corridor and get to the next combat arena, and everything starts again from the starting point of having everything. Whereas I have very fond memories of playing uh, Half Life and Half Life Two, and sometimes I'd like accidentally trip on a grenade and have to go into the next (laughs) combat mission with like half health and have to run desperately around looking for a health kit on the wall and i used to relish those moments i was like yes there's an extra little complication been thrown into this and now i'm going to have to think on my feet agreed the uh kind of the those like power drops in between battles were were so they were so much they they were very generous with i mean you might as well have just actually regenerated health and shield in between each battle because there were so much shield drops in between the fights yeah and the fact that you get most of your resources from the monsters whenever you want them mm-hmm. sort of removes a lot of the role that level design plays. It removes the the feel of running around desperately looking for one more thing to extend your life just a little longer. Uh, yeah, I can I can be with you there. I think there there are many fights in Doom Eternal where afterwards I would just be you know casually walking around the level and I'd find an armor piece that I didn't know was there or a health drop that I didn't know was there. Oh, that, that, that might've been useful during the combat, <laughs> but I didn't need to go searching for it. Are you a hundred percent completion sort of man? Not necessarily. So did you feel any incentive when you finished a level in Doom Eternal 
to go fast traveling back through the previous checkpoints looking for the collectibles no no none whatsoever if if i found them it was fun but i i did not feel the need to get them all no nah, me neither really I felt like the game's about combat and going back to the level looking for collectibles after all the monsters are dead just felt like it would be really boring. <laughs> yeah, 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 I agree. I, I think the the game itself doesn't, you know, in a game like uh, like Breath of the Wild, to go back to last week's episode, uh, that's that's a game about exploration. And so wandering around, not necessarily doing anything except for poking for more collectibles is feels within the theme of the game. But no, with Doom, it's I just want to get to the next thing, kill more things, and get to the next thing. You know what? If Doom Eternal had done a Dark Souls thing and respawned all the monsters in the areas behind you after you get to a checkpoint, I wouldn't have minded. That might have made me more inclined to go look for collectibles. Because hmm. then there'd have been like a little extra bonus little punch-up to have. Sure. Even... You could e- maybe even like uh, if you go back to an area, there's more difficult monsters. Ooh, that's something Dark Souls does, isn't it? You know, it'll make you worry. Oh, you want to go search for your collectibles now? Well, you got to earn that motherfucker. Uh, but maybe it wouldn't work in practice. That's, po- that's possible. <laughs> I mean, you're just punishing them for not finding the collectible the first time they could get it, I suppose. Sure, sure. Hey, listen, we're we're just spitballing here. We're part of the crew. We're, do- we're just doing our thing. Yeah. Forget about it. <laughs> i guess the big question would be is what could doom eternal do to be better this since we're in agreement it's it's worse than doom 2016 despite being a very good game in its own right i guess that is the question because if they just made something very similar to doom 2016 if they gave us the doom 2016 experience with new levels and new bad guys the the games press in general would be up in arms oh this is just this is just the same thing they gave us last time this isn't bigger this isn't more that we wanted more and bigger Mm, certainly seems like something i'd complain about in my review (laughs) right it's that's a really easy talking point because with a sequel we want more and it's a really difficult thing to give more that is still basically the same thing that you want. Okay, but less can be more. Ooh. And I've always thought this was true of Silent Hill 2. Silent Hill 1 is a fairly expansive, slightly silly, slightly camp plot about a haunted town that's been taken over by an evil cult that's trying to summon a dark god. And some of it's a little bit contrived, and there's a big playing space to explore. But there's a lot of interesting things with atmosphere, with uh, imagery, with storytelling. Mm-hmm. And Silent Hill 2, which, as I'm sure you're aware, is one of my favorite horror games of all time. I, I've, I've, I've heard uh, you hint at that several times, yes. And which a lot of people agree is the best of the Silent Hills, is a sequel that is less. It is less, but at the same time, it is more. It's got a smaller world to explore. It doesn't have any of that expansive cult nonsense it's a very refined personal story about one dude and a small handful of characters that he meets on his journey mm-hmm. and that is my go-to example as a of a less is more sequel you can create the effect of being better by being more refined i think you're absolutely right that is a solid argument i would even say there is an argument for not going bigger but just moving parallel 
I th- I think there are many games, there are many movies. Uh, you know, speaking only because uh, I've been rewatching them all with the family during self quarantine. But we've been re re going through all of the Marvel movies, all of the MCU movies, and there is a general embiggening of all of the movies. But really, they're all very similar in scope, in tone. You know, as we get near the end, obviously it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. But you can move in parallel with each other as long as you give us something new. You know, usually in a, in, in a Marvel movie, they'll give us a new hero to lock onto. They'll give us some new powers. If you give us something new, you can have basically the same experience just turned slightly. Yeah, I mean, the path of bigger and badder each time is a path that is inevitably going to meet with diminishing returns. Yes. Because at some point, it, it's just going to be too big. <laughs> You're not going to be able to top it. You're not going to introduce something that can be reasonably understood to be bigger and badder than the last thing was. Mm. I mean, where do you go from, like, the whole Thanos thing? I mean, that's basically, you know, the heroes won against evil god. (laughs) What do you do now? Against evil god with magic stones. Well, what you do now is uh, have the entire theater system shut down, and that forces you to not release a new movie for a while, and then everyone gets to reset naturally. Yeah, and everyone can go away and think about it. (laughs) yeah but i guess you know even in a game sense if you think about like you know uh like your half-life 2 versus the the episodes that came after half-life 2 they they were all unique experiences and none of them necessarily grew bigger they just gave us different things within the same world and i really liked those every obviously everybody really liked those but it it just gave us new toys to play with yeah so they did do in 2016 like in an all new location with all new monsters that are still reminiscent of the new monsters and all new weapons. Ooh, right? Same same feel, but maybe doing something a little bit new, maybe. Not just like rolling out the double barrel shotgun and the BFG for every bloody game. <laughs> uh, you know, the the Gatling shotgun was awesome. That was an Wasn't that in wasn't that in Daikatana? Oh, I don't know if I played Daikatana. There was a gun in Daikatana that was a shotgun, and it could only fire six times. You pressed fire once, and it would fire six times. <laughs> I think maybe that was the result of a very drunken pitch meeting. Oh, sure, sure. But but in Doom Eternal, an awesome weapon. Just powerful, intimidating, really, really made you like using it, and and so, you know, we get a lot of those scraps of ideas in Doom Eternal that if you would just implant them into a simpler combat experience. The grappling, yeah, the grappling hook on the shotgun Ooh, was yeah, a, yeah. quite a nice addition. If it, if it had just been just that, like that was the only innovation of the game. Well, if it had been a similar like level to Doom 2016 and they'd added that along with like uh, a new round of enemies and weapons, mm-hmm. that could have been enough. All right, here's my pitch. All right. Here's my pitch for how they could have done Doom Eternal better. All right, sell me on this. We're in the elevator. you got 25 words. Go. Doom meets Metroid. The Doom Slayer now travels the cosmos fighting the demons wherever they pop up, on whatever planet they pop up. Ooh, you're getting an ooh. I'm at the <laughs> ooh level now. I think I'm going to smash the pause elevator button and I'm going to ask you to elaborate a little, my friend. <laughs> nice. 
elevator pitch engaged. So we go to an entirely new planet with uh, with alien creatures to protect who have their own hell mythos and therefore their own aliens or their own their own demons right their own alien demons yeah i'm with you i'm picking up what you're sitting on the table and i'm brushing my teeth with it (laughs) we get new alien guns obviously you know some some old classics that we bring with us we get new good guys to protect we get new demons to fight doom eternal doom eternal (laughs) or or doom extraterrestrial or however we want to call it but i'm i'm intrigued when you said uh doom meets metroid are you also proposing a slightly more open world setup because I'd, I'd be on board for that. Uh, personally, I'm a bit of a sucker for an open world setup. That's just me personally. I don't think that is necessary. M- Metroid more in just setting as you're like a bounty hunter, except for with demons now. That's kind of what I was thinking with Metroid. When we say open world, mm-hmm. I think of that. there's like two levels of open world. There's sandbox open world, Grand Theft Auto, uh, Infamous, Far Cry. And there's Metroidvania open world, which is... Uh, basically uh, a spaghetti uh, junction yeah yeah it's a cluster of paths to take and uh, the paths open up one by one rather than uh, just a big open meadow to go wherever you want and i i like the idea of doom as the metroidvania it makes me think you could do a sort of dark soulsy thing Ooh, yeah yeah like you you meet up with the uh the alien ministry and they say we have these eight areas that need to be saved choose what you know little uh, mega man which which area do you want to go to first to 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 you know we have people who are dying everywhere please go defeat our demons and save us go here 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 yes a seemingly insurmountable task gradually pared down to a final confrontation with the big ones <laughs> give us jobs give us jobs <laughs> games industry we put us on the bench we're ready coach Listen, we we don't know how to really make a big AAA game, but we got ideas. <laughs> yeah, we're we're big idea guys. We'll be the idea guys, and you guys just take care of everything else. Right, right. That's how it works. That's how it works yeah, in real life. Yeah, yeah. pretty sure. <laughs> Hey everyone, Jack Packard here. Thanks so much for listening to our little podcast. Uh, It is now available on both iTunes and Spotify. Just search for it under The Escapist. And just a reminder, if you happen to find this podcast first, this discussion is based off of our show, Slightly Civil War, which you can find over on EscapistMagazine.com. So thanks again for listening. Bye!